at this point, I don't really have anything else to lose. So <laughs> everything has been done to me in every way. I've had great success. I've had the lowest of the lows. So like, I just had that. I just have that experience at this point to be able to, you know, try to give feedback. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the, most of those lows were in or out of your control? Hi, and welcome to a full episode of What Makes You Think, the show that flips the traditional interview format, showing you more than what you thought you ever knew about some of your favorite figures in gymnastics. I'm your host, Nicole Langevin, and my guest today is a two-time world bronze medalist who also has a handful of gold, silver, and bronze medals competing internationally, national championship titles. He's been doing this for a long time, and what I learned from talking to him today as he is far from done. My guest today is Donnell Wittenberg. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Nicole. Appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah, you've been on my list for a while. It was just, it was hard to get in. So I know we had a mutual friend that connected us. So I'm glad that that worked out. Mm-hmm. First question is, did you get your bags? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got, I got my bags. So the thing about that whole situation, as soon as I was going to camp, I like I got a call on the phone from United like uh, Service Office. Then I don't know why I tried to take the whole thing through security and try to like check it at the gate, but I still had some some souvenirs from Cairo in there. Yeah, and they were like, "Uh, you can't take this through." And I was like, "Well, I'm not I'm not bringing my bag because I'm not throwing away like hundred dollar stuff." You know, just leave leave the bag there and have my girlfriend pick it up. I just took my grips in, like rushed back and got on the flight. So, so did you? Uh, did you? You told me you didn't want to pull the national team card. Did you end up doing it? No. 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 I was at that point. It was it was all good at that point. So. Every year, Tumble Track unveils their new product line, and I actually just got a sneak peek the other day, and they have five products that are awesome. There's something for everyone, literally. TumbleTrack will start announcing the new products via email and social media soon, so keep an eye out. And if you're at regional or national congresses, you'll have a chance to check out some of the new products live right there on the spot. The TumbleTrack crew is booked and bags are almost packed for a busy season of travel to trade shows and congresses. There's lots of ways to connect with TumbleTrack during the show season to get the best deals on equipment. Of course, you can stop by the booth and take advantage of the show discount, but did you know that TumbleTrack does pre-sales of their show gear? Yeah. So if you know you'll be at Congress, call the sales team at TumbleTrack, I'll give you the number in a second, and find out what equipment they'll have at the booth. You can pre-purchase equipment to ensure to get the best deal on the floor model, pit pillow, or T-trainer you've had on your wish list. Now you just have to make room in the car to get it home. Okay, so here's the number for the sales team at TumbleTrack for your pre-sale orders. 1-800-331-4362. Again, that's one 800 331-4362. So I'm going to do a quote and I want you to tell me who you think said it. You ready? Not really, but yeah, we'll try it. <laughs> we'll see. Honest too. All right. Okay. The first time I met him, I had so much respect for him. And I asked him, how do you handle the nerves at a competition? And he responded, man, honestly, I just don't give a f- Sure enough, that tip actually helped me. So that was someone that was, was that someone on the show that said that? Um, this person has uh, been on the show. 
Oh, really, Steve? Yeah. Gotcha. Who, who is it? Steve. <laughs> Steve. Yeah, that's all about right, too. <laughs> yep. Steve Nederosik said that. Hey, I mean, you've been in this for a while now. So, mm. you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's interesting to be like, yeah, you guys are essentially peers, but also you're somebody he was looking up to and now you're still peers. Like you, you've yeah. been doing this for so long at such a high level. Yeah, you, it's you just got journey. so much gas in the tank. Just yeah. Like uh, I was definitely motivated. Well, honestly, I wasn't even that motivated after 2020. I was, I was honestly going to retire, but one of my buddies from the Netherlands, uh, Kajimir Schmidt, kind of sent me like a letter uh, with like his clothing brands kind of just said like, Hey, this is still like some unfinished business we haven't done yet. Let's try, let's try to, you know, push and make Paris so we can go out there together. And then after that, uh, I kind of had like a conversation with my mom and she just told me, you know, you, it's, it's all up to you at this point, you know, she said, no matter what, I'm still gonna be proud of you. You really don't have that much to prove for yourself. Like everybody knows you're great. But, you know, obviously I still want to make the Olympic team. And she just told me, you know, as long as you're you're still healthy and your body can keep going, you know, why why not? So yeah. I still feel I still feel pretty good. I still feel healthy enough to to do the sport. So I might as well keep going as long as possible because, you know, once I'm done, I'm I'm done. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an unfinished business thing. That's really giving you that little kick. And I hope that you know how many people want to see you on an Olympic team. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's been a long road. So, yeah. and many missed opportunities, especially in that case. And, you know, I, I kind of, I mostly want to do it for myself, but also, you know, just to prove a point to people though, don't matter, you know, how old you are and you know, how many disappointments you have, you just have to stick with it. And, you know, see how far you can get. Yeah. You, if you if you stop, you'll you'll never know. And you're done. Yeah. So I've noticed that your technique seems to be becoming more and more refined lately. Do you attribute that to anything? Because it's noticeable in the last few years. You've always been amazing. We all know that. But your gymnastics just looks more refined. Have you been focusing on the fine details? Uh, yeah. For for me personally, I. Well, like once I started, I didn't really care about form. Like I was just trying to do the hardest skills in the book. And then uh, once I was at the OTC, I was still doing just tons and tons of hard skills, trying to jam pack it. And that was kind of like the downside of, you know, having good form. So you kind of got to, you kind of got to take it as like, you know, sometimes you have to do some easy skills because you know, you can, you know, do them very well uh, mm -hmm. with good execution. So right now I'm still kind of trying to play that line, but also, you know, get the difficulty up. But at the end of the day, it's just, it just takes a lot of reps. So you, you are ridiculously strong. I mean that in a good way. When you were younger, was that something that was, was your strength a strength when you were a younger athlete coming up as well? Like, did that, that help you get skills quicker than maybe some other guys? Yeah, I, I would say so. I was I was definitely a, a quick learner and I was I was always determined to, you know, try new skills and get them literally on the first try. And if I didn't, I would probably spend, I don't know, maybe, you know, five turns trying to get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, if it's not working, I'll kind of just, okay, I'll leave that alone. Maybe revisit the next day. But uh, for rings, especially, um, I just I just kept trying strength moves by myself, like 
consistently for probably a whole year and I, I couldn't do it. And then all of a sudden it just clicked. And then that's when I was able to, you know, take that next step. Yeah. I've noticed with the guys that I've talked to on this show, there's like this categorization of, of ring guys. And whenever they talk about ring guys, it's almost like they're just at this other level that some of the, the all-arounders of the other specialists are never talked about that way. Do you think that's just a, a strength thing? Why, why your fellow gymnasts would be like, man, ring finals, the ring guys. Yeah. I mean, no, like ring guys are in a class of its own, but it's, it's starting to become more of somewhat a melting pot between yeah. you know, some specialists and all-arounders. But I mean, to be a ring guy and also be a good all-rounder is just like super, super tough because you also have to be, you know, good on horse and usually ring guys aren't that, aren't that great. So you kind of got to, you know, just really just play with your strengths. Yeah, literally. So <laughs> yeah. before we go any further, I like to establish this with the audience. Have you and I met before? Do we know each other? Honest. On Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah. Well, then I want to see if you remember this. Oh, wow. Yeah, don't. It's a very unflattering picture of me, but yep, that was 2019. Okay. Uh, yeah, 2019 championships. Okay. Yep. I, I still kinda... don't. I'm, I'm so you bad. No, you shouldn't. I was not expecting you to remember a random picture you took with a random person. <laughs> yeah, we met. We met. Oh, We're close. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I had to dig oh. back to find that one. I was like, I know I have it somewhere. <laughs> so I've also heard you described as a quiet storm. What do you think of that? Uh, in a way, uh, I, I kind of am. But, you know, at an older age, you you tend to, you know, have to speak up more because, you know, some things you, you kind of don't seem right. And, you know, back, back when I was younger, I kind of just like, I was like the observer. So I kind of mm -hmm. like observe how things went. And, you know, I didn't really have that much say when I was, you know, one of the young guys, but now that, you know, I'm one of the team leaders on USA, uh, I feel like it's, it's definitely part of my role to be, to be one of the voices for, for our team. Because mm -hmm. I know there's some guys on our team that are probably in that same situation I was in. And I want to make sure that, you know, everybody feels comfortable with everything that's going on, whether it be, you know, competitions or, you know, selections or the process of, you know, us going out there to compete or training. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just, you know, took that role upon myself because at this point, I don't really have anything else to lose. So. <laughs> Everything has been done to me in every way. I've had great success. I've had the lowest of the lows. So like, I've just had that, I just have that experience at this point to be able to, you know, try to give feedback. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like the, most of those lows were in or out of your control? Uh, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I would say, I would say in my control was probably 2020. Out of my control was probably 2016 because I definitely, you know, had one of the best performances that I could have had. But, mm -hmm. you know, once you put the decision in other people's hands, that's that's kind of it's kind of taken out of your control at that point. Yeah. Do you feel like the the selection criteria like right now 
is clear to the athletes? Like, do you feel like you understand it, know exactly what you need to do? Or do you think that it's possible for not just you, but any athlete to think they get it and then have a 2016 pulled on them? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the, the rules are set are clear, but it's just the fact that the committee decides. So you don't, so like, yeah, like the rules are plain black and white, but like once, once you have to have the committee decide, you don't know what they're thinking about. So you right. basically have to rely on them to get selected. So, and there's so many variables that can go with that. So I would say not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's honest. That's honest. Yeah. Not the first time I heard it either. All right. Are you ready to hop into some videos? Let's do it. All right. It's almost summertime and that means precision camps are right around the corner. Now, told you guys before, we used to do like six or seven. This year we were doing two full training camps and one mini camp. So check this out. June 26th to the 29th, we will be at Roots Gymnastics in Westfield, Mass. And on July 14th to the 17th, we will be at Orange County Sports Center in Goshen, New York. And September 22nd to the 24th is a mini camp at A2 Gym and Cheer in Salem, New Hampshire. Why do you need to know about this? Because if you're a coach, you get so much incredible coaches education for absolutely free. Just bring some athletes with you. Not only will you get drills to break down high-level skills so you can start them early, you'll also get information on injury prevention, mental toughness, judging insight, artistry training, nutrition information, and team building. Yeah, it's a lot, and it's awesome. Now, in addition to our training camps, we are also holding competitive edge workshops that will start in the fall. Right now, the one I want to tell you guys about is October 21st to the 22nd at Tongue River Twisters in Wyoming. This is open to all competitive levels, just like our camps. Day one is spent focusing on non-value part deductions, which are really those nitty gritty deductions that separate the good scores from the great scores. We focus on footwork, posture, body line, rhythm and tempo on beam, artistry, showmanship, emoting, all that fun stuff for an entire day. The next day, athletes and coaches work with judges who will not only provide routine feedback, but also suggestions for improvement. And athletes will have the ability to implement those corrections right in front of the judges that day. All athletes will leave with videos of the judges feedback. And we've got some other surprises too. So stop using mock meets and in-house meets before season to get your athletes ready. Bring in the competitive edge workshop. You don't need scores, you need feedback. And that's exactly what you'll get. If you're interested in attending or hosting a precision event of your own, shoot an email to precisionchoreo at gmail.com. This show is brought to you by Creatively Disruptive, the marketing team behind your team. And if you are a club owner or a gymnastics industry professional, I encourage you to join their group, the Gymnastics Business and Marketing Group. There's so much free advice straight from the pros, and you'll meet an entire community of like-minded professionals. So check out the Gymnastics Business and Marketing Group on Facebook, and check out Creatively Disruptive at creativelydisruptive.com. All right, are you ready to hop into some videos? Let's do it. All right. What are we watching here? Oh, uh, wait, is this? Oh, okay. This was Team Finals, right? Uh, Last Worlds. Yep. Yeah. That's a pretty good set. 
Yeah. Are, is that opening the fingers thing up on Iron Cross? Is that a um, flare thing or does that actually like affect your score? I mean, I, I mean, I do it because like, if I don't, I'm going to do false grip and then I'll probably get deducted. What's so, false grip? I don't know anything about rings. What's false grip? So, over? so yeah, false grip, when you put your hands over like this and usually you're supposed to have your, like your wrists, your wrist straight. But if you oh. do this, it's usually deduction. So when I do, so usually when I put my hands out, I rest the rings like right, like right under here. So yeah. I'm kind of just like pushing down, but if I close my hand, the rings would be like up here, which would make it like harder to do. I guess it's kind of like a flare thing, but also more yeah. of a technical, technical thing that I do at this point. So like, that's kind of like the epitome of when people are talking about gymnastics that don't know anything, they know Iron Cross because it's just ridiculous yeah. that somebody can do that. Is there ever a point, wait, that's Maltese, right? No? Uh cross uh cross, yeah. Okay. Cross. Yeah, I kind of know stuff. Um is there ever a point though where something like that is is kind of a basic for you or is it still excruciating to do? Uh I mean if I if I take a break and try to come back to it, it'll it'll be pretty hard, but I mean I'm I'm strong enough to at least hold a cross. So I guess at this point it would be, you know, somewhat basic, but like just a lot of effort. <laughs> Gotcha. I'm just thinking like, you know, when a kid learns a kip, it's such a big deal when they yeah. learn it. And then it's like a few years down the road, it's you don't think about it anymore. And I just wonder with something like that, like, is it possible yeah. that that's part of your basics? Yeah. Well, for me, like I didn't even like the first strength skill I really learned was uh planche. And then my second one was actually a Maltese. So cross wasn't really like that natural for me because I have pretty long arms. So it's it's kind of hard to do cross. So I think for me, Maltese is easier than cross. I would, I would say. Yeah, that, I know. Is that weird? Yeah, it's, it's little, yeah compared to what other people's responses would be. It, yeah. yeah be All right. Here's the next one. I mean, yeah, a punch was, double front out of anything is so ridiculous to me. I don't know how you guys do that. Yeah, that was that wasn't a good one either. The first pass shouldn't have shouldn't have made that one. Oh yeah, that was that was uh that was me competing. I forgot what year that was. It's was that seventeen? That had to be like twenty seventeen London World Cup. Okay, yeah, seventeen. Yeah, that was that was a pretty solid meet overall. London was pretty cool. I I enjoyed myself there. It was nice. Are you one of the lowest on that? Can we talk about that real quick? Uh, I feel like that is extremely low compared to what we normally see. Let's we're doing a what is it a wide arm planche? Is that <laughs> tell me uh, so? So that one's so that's a Maltese. That's so Maltese. planche will be a little bit higher. Maltese, you have to honestly, it can go. It should be going even lower. Oh, like, so how are you gonna touch the floor? Uh, I don't exactly. think slide paper under your toes. That's amazing. Exactly. That's I know. That's that's what the judges look for. So. No, I probably got deducted on that one. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, they they take everything. Well, yeah, that was that was a fun competition. I think. Uh, I got what did I place at that one? I think I got second place all around at that one. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. And I think that was at the 
the, the 2012 Olympic arena, right? It, it looks like o- it, yeah. It was the O2, I believe. But yeah, that was that was fun. Then I got to explore around too, so I like I like going to different countries and exploring. But I never really got to really go out in London, so that was it was a nice time. So when you guys go to competitions for Team USA, is it do you guys do a ton of training, or is it uh you feel like it's equal, like you actually get to enjoy where you are? Yeah, I, I would say now it's. We, we definitely, I, I mean, for me personally, I definitely try to, you know, get out and at least do some stuff because you don't want it to be just like strictly gymnastics. You gotta, you gotta have somewhat of a mental break and, you know, go out and just, you know, explore, explore new areas and, you know, do some team bonding with their, with their teammates. So yeah. I, I definitely try to encourage the guys to you know at least just get out for a little bit even if you don't want to i know like you have competitions coming up like we we get that but you don't want to just put more added stress on you know the training and the competition like you have to you got to learn how to break it up yeah to be good for your mentals (laughs) but you think that's something that you've figured out just because you're you're more mature now you've been in it for a while like is that do you think that's where you're getting that mentality from that that's actually necessary and you don't have to just train, train, train? Yeah, I would, I would say so. Cause I used to live at the Olympic training center and that's all we could do. I literally, I, I, I call that place a public prison because it literally <laughs> is like, like was I, when you live there, you just have a ton of security. You, you have a curfew. You're like under right. a microscope the whole time. Yep. And you know, that, that that definitely does something to your mentality because you feel like you're just like, you're just like property. You're not like an actual adult. Like Person. I literally didn't feel like an adult there for real. Wow. Like I felt like a little kid. So that's why when I'm, I moved, I was like, okay, I feel like a weight has been like lifted off my shoulders because now I actually get to, you know, be an adult in the real world to have actual responsibilities instead of you know, being there and being catered to like 24 seven and then being watched 24 seven and then training 24 seven. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's one of gymnastics greatest moments. All right. So our 2017 <laughs> world challenge cup finals on rings. Oh yeah. That was right after that was literally right after the London comp. My coach, my coach asked me, he's like, uh, he said, uh, he asked Chris Brooks if he wanted to go. He's like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. I was like, I'll go. I'm already ready. <laughs> This will be easier since I'll have to do all around. So <laughs> I was like, I might as well go there and try to get a skilled name. Yeah. And you did. So yeah. we're talking about the freaking ridiculous triple triple pike ring dismount that you did here. Can you kind of take us through like when did you think that that was something that you could possibly do? And then how did the training for it go all the way up until hard surface landings? Uh, so at first I was trying triple bags into the pit, but I don't know why I couldn't like grab, I couldn't like grab my knees. So, and I was also going crooked. So I was like, uh, probably not going to do this. So I, I tried triple pikes and it was, you know, I was going, I was landing straight. So I was like, all right, we can, we can roll with this because at wow. first I was going to actually try. I was actually gonna try uh, my ring dismount I do now, but with another twist. So it would have yep. been triple double layout. But I felt 
a little weird about the landing. I didn't want to like not rotate enough and like, you know, twist my ankle or something like that. So I felt more comfortable just doing triple pikes. Uh, the preparation for that, it, it wasn't too hard. It was, it was honestly just, uh, about finding my air awareness. Yeah. Since I'm doing three flips instead of, uh, two this time. Yep. And for me, like on triple, on triple pikes, I always over rotate. Like at that meet during one of the practices, I did one and I literally landed like straight on my back, like straight on my back. So it was more of just like, oh wow. You know, also, just figuring out the air sense, but like you know, if I was gonna do in a routine, I would be a little bit more tired, so I I knew I would have a better chance of landing it. I and can't believe I'll, that's your problem. Like I have too much power to land a triple back. Yeah, because I because I don't want to land on my face. I'd rather right, land right. on my back than on my face. And then, uh, I mean, honestly, I almost didn't even get the skill. Like the the. The landing surface is literally like straight up carpet. So like, so for socks, you literally like slip. So I literally almost slipped. So oh, like wow. if I would have fell, I would have, I would have never got it. And then I would have had to try and do it again. So I think good thing that they changed the, I think you can actually use mats now. Cause at first you couldn't, and it was like, the surface is super hard and it's like slippery. So I don't, I don't know why they didn't have mats there in the first place, but. It, yeah, yeah that never makes sense that's like the yeah. uh early 90s landing surfaces yeah, yeah. come on why is that necessary yeah like it was, it was <laughs> trying to injure people so when you yeah, land yeah. this like you can see the guys in the back jump up you can see your coach clearly like fist pumping himself and that didn't make sense throwing yeah. <laughs> <Throwing> his fist <laughs> in the air like so psyched um there it is did you feel that i mean you, you're you are a quiet storm. I'm getting to know you a little bit. Like you kind of stay here. Did you feel as excited as everybody around you did? Uh, not as excited. I was just glad. I mean, I was just glad I didn't slip because then I would have been upset. So you know, I I knew I could do it. Yeah. It was just a matter of you know just not over rotating. Yeah. But I also also wanted to try to do a really good routine which, you know, it, it kind of wasn't because I was, I was kind of like just locked in halfway through my routine, just on the dismount because oh, that, yeah. that was the only thing I cared about once I got past a certain point in my routine. Cause I didn't want to like really go all out and try to be completely perfect because I yep. didn't want to make myself too tired for the dismount because that, that still was a hard routine I was doing. So. is That's the first time sure. you did it in competition, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how many times did you end up competing it? It was just the one, right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's what I mean, we'll see if I mean, we'll see if I'll do it again. Uh apparently the next code that they're, they're implementing eight skills, which is which is basically catered towards me. So they literally want me to stay in the sport even longer. So well, you should probably do it. So yeah, that that was my next thing. I read that it's it is an H though, right? It's the only H? uh yeah it's the only h on on rings that's so cool congratulations that's awesome i was i was expecting the i but they didn't want to give it to me well i mean uh, it, honestly i don't think anybody's gonna do that so <laughs> right I'm, yeah, I'm please nobody try that no i yeah i, I recommend people don't because like for me dismounts are i wouldn't say easy but like i really know how to like 
do dismounts on rings while being yeah. really tired and some people most people don't so yeah. i feel like that kind of gives me a little bit of advantage is there anything else that you've been messing around with or thinking about as far as new skills uh well right now we're i'm just uh adding in upgrades uh for for my olympic routine so for right now uh rings rings not really gonna you know add that much just do clean routines and you know probably work on triple pikes you know but that that would honestly only be for if, I, if i'm going to if not only if i'm going to olympics i ain't doing that unless i go to olympic games then i'll i'll throw it out there yeah. uh for high bar I'm working on uh, Liukin, which is Takachev with the full twist. Uh, I've competed. I tried to compete at Worlds, but I fell on it. So still need some more time with that one. Uh, I'm planning on. I'm planning on. I actually recently did a, a routine with Triple Pike on high bar. So nice. we're starting to get that again. Uh, parallel bars. I just need to probably add one more skill, which is a uh, Tanaka. So it's it's like a giant. It's like a giant flip half turn with another front flip and then you land it up arms. That's that's just gotta I just gotta get used to doing it in a routine. I already know how to do the skill. And for vault, just you know, just get consistent on uh my reset going and probably just uh super hard two and a half at this point. Did you do Dragulus? You did those, right? Yeah, I did. My I my front handsprings aren't aren't going too well anymore, so I'm kind of leaving it alone right now. Since we can do two entries the same but yep. different vaults, I don't really necessarily have to do a front handspring vault anymore. So good thing I I have options, and uh, yeah. it just seems like two and a half is just going way better than than Dragulski. So I'm just leaving that that for now. Do you have any? Do you have more than three gigantic vaults to choose from? Or are those the three? Uh, no, those are just the three. <laughs> so I just got to take the two right now. So you've mentioned doing things while you're tired a few times. So I want to ask you, as far as your training goes, what do you do for endurance training? Uh, I try to do, well, I try mostly for endurance. I try to do as, as much floor as possible because that's, that's going to be the one event that, you know, I would usually get gassed on. Yeah, uh, I would I would say floor and probably parallel bars at this point. I need to figure out like a sequence for that because that's that's like another event that mm -hmm. I gotta make sure my endurance is good on. So I try to, you know, do you know back to back floor routines, maybe on tumble track for you know less impact, and then uh, for parallel bars, I just you know just do a a, a lot of you know, pirouetting skills, front of prizes, back to pirouette, just, just basically just staying on the bar as long as I can. Yeah. And then, and then trying a dismount at the end. So just basically just trying to go until I make my arms tired and then just try to go for a dismount. Yeah. So you feel like you don't have a grip anymore. That's a good time to do a triple pike. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. All right. We'll have two more for you. You know the drill, gotta leave it at a cliffhanger. It's gonna be great when you come back next week and listen to part two. We're gonna jump right into 2016 Olympic trials, which you guys know how that went. So come back here next Tuesday for what makes Donnell Wittenberg think part two. In the meantime, please go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash whatmakesyouthinkpodcast. And a little hint, 
If you check out the playlist per guest, you might find out what guests are coming up soon. You can also see the videos that I talked to past guests about so you know what the heck we were looking at. And after What Makes Donnell Wittenberg Think Part 2 will be the 100th episode. We've already recorded it. I'm working on the editing, but oh my gosh, it was so fun, you guys. It's uh, I have seven guests plus a co-host, which is a co-host that you have requested. It's a very, very different episode, but I had so much fun with it, and I hope that you guys have so much fun listening to it too. But I'm wondering if, because there's so many amazing guests on in one episode, do you guys think that I should just put the whole thing on YouTube? I don't know. I've been going back and forth. So shoot me a message on Instagram at Nicole Langevin Consultant or Facebook at Nicole Langevin Consultant or Twitter at YouThinkPod. And let me know, do you actually want to watch these seven guests interact or are you happy to just listen? Or do you want both? I don't know. Let me know. Let me know what makes you think. Bye.